my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. In the councils of government, we must guard against the acquisition of unwarranted influence, whether sought or unsought, by the military-industrial complex. That we can, and so help us God, we will make America great again. What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the No Gimmicks Podcast. I'm your humble host, as always, Brady Leonard. Hopefully you guys are having a fantastic week. Uh, great show for you today. I was joined by my friend Greg Price. Uh, we, we, we covered a lot. It was it was a strange week. Uh, the, the Democratic Party's having a really strange week. It seems like anytime uh, one of their politicians goes on TV, they're doing or saying something extraordinarily bizarre and cringe. So we, uh, we, we, we talked through all the latest. I think you guys will enjoy it. Before I get to Greg, guys, if you haven't already, please follow us on Twitter at No Gimmicks Pod. Please subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure to subscribe. And if you like the show and want to get involved, you can support us monthly over on Patreon, patreon.com slash the No Gimmicks Podcast. All right. Without further ado, the great Greg Price. All right, guys, we're here with my brother, Greg Price. Greg, how you been, man? Been good, man. Good to be back on with you. Absolutely, man. So, uh... As always, a ton to talk about. A ton to talk about. Let's start. Uh, let's start in uh, your current home state of Virginia, um, dude. You gotta love when Democrats accidentally show you who they really are. <laughs> Terry McAuliffe, uh, for those who didn't know, the former governor of Virginia, who's running to be governor of Virginia again, uh, in his debate with Republican Glenn Youngkin yesterday, said that parents uh, shouldn't have any control over what the state teaches their children. <laughs> I mean, like, we know that this is what the left believes. The left believes that the state should control your children, but they usually don't say it out loud. Yeah, it's it, it was a wild moment from from the debate. And, like, it's, it's like you said, th- there comes a time every now and again when Democrats will accidentally, accidentally reveal who they actually are. And this is something they believe. They don't believe that you should have a right to know what your children is, are being taught in school. They know that education is a powerful weapon to shape you know, the future and they, and they, and to their credit, they have effectively, they've effectively taken academia and used it in a way that benefits them. And that's what, and it's dominated by the left now. And, you know, Virginia parents you that this is what he said, choose wisely come election time in November. Yeah, man. And that's the thing, like McAuliffe, he's probably going to win. <laughs> and, and if he does, that would be a huge indictment on, on democratic voters like on these parents themselves you know what i mean like a comment like that should be disqualifying i mean instantly disqualifying like every parent in virginia should vote against them based on this comment alone like wanting the state to control how your children are educated isn't i mean it's not like a difference like a right left difference in policy i mean that's like pure unadulterated evil (laughs) you know what i mean like a comment like that should get him absolutely zero votes there's a lot of Democrat, a lot of parents, man. A lot, of, a lot of Democrats with children in government schools in Virginia is still going to vote for this guy. It's like, and I, I hate to target like the whole Hillary Clinton thing, like targeting the voters themselves. But it's like, man, that's an indictment. And like every parent in Virginia who votes for this man, like, man, what an indictment on those voters themselves. You know, like I hate talking like that, but it's true. Well, what's even sadder is like. I don't, I don't think that's entirely right. If, if Terry McAuliffe wins, it's going to be because of the, of, of the insufferable childless liberals that live in northern Virginia. It's not going to be because of the families that live in Loudoun County or the families 
that live in southern or rural Virginia. Like Virginia, the state of Virginia, the reason it's always blue is because of Nova. It's because all the people that work in all the childless professionals that work in D.C. live in Nova and they vote Democrat and turn Virginia blue, even though most of the state is even though most of the state would probably be a Republican state otherwise. And but you're right, like like we just saw. But you're, you're right in a sense that look what we just saw in California. You had a governor that was probably the one of the worst governors ever who had literally destroyed the quality of life in California and will continue to destroy the quality of life in California. But they, but democratic voters still voted for him. And if, and if you're like, if you're somebody like me who has worked on a campaign in a blue state before, you know, that there's literally nothing you could say to these people that could get them to even consider not voting for the democratic party. And it's really sad. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's like, I respect democratic voters, but I, I don't respect democratic voters that don't learn their lesson. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, that is, like, and California is a great example. It's like, man, I mean, you've had, like, what, six, seven years of this guy? Oof. Like, you know, Ooh. like, you had your you, you had your escape rope, man, and, and you let it go. Like, and mo most polls I've seen coming out of Virginia still have McAuliffe up around five points, but there was a, a poll last week from, a, uh, I think it was Washington University, that, that showed uh, Yunkin up a few points. But if by some miracle Yunkin does take this thing, and he, he has a shot, um, Look out. <laughs> like, I think, I mean, I, I think if Yunkin does win, the DNC, I mean, they're going to be at DEFCON 1, man. Like, the meltdowns at the DNC are going to be epic, and they're going to lash out like a cornered animal, man. Like, it, it's, a, it's a scary place for the country when, when Democrats are afraid because they make life miserable for Americans. I mean, look at the White House over the last month. Like, Bi Biden botches Afghanistan, gets a bunch of people killed, and in response, he just unleashes his vengeance on the country <laughs> like he immediately let 15,000 unvetted Haitians into the country he said Americans can't live life until 98% of the country's vaccinated which just means never I mean like only 90% of the country's vaccinated against like polio and smallpox stuff like that so like that number's never gonna happen and you know now he's he's trying to you saw in the infrastructure bill he's trying to tax everybody eight cents per mile to drive their car. I mean it's like cornered Democrats are like cornered lions, man. They're they're dangerous. And uh, man, if Yunkin does beat McAuliffe, which I I hope and pray happens, oof, you're gonna see some major lashing out by the DNC by Joe Biden. Like they're gonna just try to crack down hard on my country. Yeah, absolutely. I mean like. And, and, you know, you, you could say about their side is they, they certainly fight hard when the, when their back is against the wall harder. I would say harder than our side does. And you're absolutely right that if Yunkin wins, which, you know, certainly a chance, certainly a chance that he could. I drive around Nova where, where I live and I see Yunkin signs everywhere. Um, you're right. They're going to they're going to start freaking out. They're going to start playing the dirty politics like they always do. And, you know, it's 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 what Democrats do. They they fight. They fight tooth and nail for their side. Yeah, you got to, you know, in a, a perverse way, I do admire that <laughs> about them. Yeah. You know, they, they fight for, for you know, abortion and, and taxation and all these these horrible, yeah. immoral, evil things. But, but yeah, man, they fight a lot harder than our side does. That's that's for the, sure. And the, the way you can tell that they're like absolutely terrified that Glenn Youngkin could win is like their their campaign strategy on the McAuliffe side is to is to t try and tie him to Donald Trump. Like there was a funny moment in the debate last night where McAuliffe kept bringing up Donald Trump and Youngkin just goes, we had an over under for how many times you'd bring up Trump and it was 10 and you just passed it. He's like, you're running, <laughs> you're running against Glenn Youngkin, not, not Donald Trump.
Oh, dude, so that's that was such a, a good line by Yunkin, man. That, so that was a really funny moment. And then the other thing they're trying to do is they're trying to paint him. They're trying. They're, they're the two issues they're attacking him the most on are abortion and on vaccine mandates. They're like, because Glenn Yunkin is opposed to vaccine mandates, he's therefore an anti-vaxxer, is opposed to vaccines in general. And they're like attacking him for because he's pro-life, and they're attacking him on that too. They're like, you know, Glenn Yunkin doesn't support women's rights and blah, blah, blah from the guy who campaigned with noted women respecter Bill Clinton a couple weeks ago. Oh, so like the way the way that's that's how you can tell they're terrified. They're just just the issues they're choosing to attack them on trying to like they're the issues that'll that rile up their base who who they think will tip the election in their favor. That's how you that's how you know that they're scared he could win. And they have to as well, because like Yunkin's really good at this. You know, like he is yeah. like a, a really solid candidate. Like he's nothing like Trump in terms of like personality or like rhetoric yeah. or anything. He's just like a calm, like nice guy. <laughs> yeah, he, he's he's a hard guy to not like. He just seems yeah. like he seems like a normal guy who's not like a made in a lab politician like Terry McAuliffe is. Like he's just he's a hard he's a hard guy to not like. So their strategy is to just get as much of their base out as possible, which in Virginia will work for them. Yeah, man. Hey, there's always there's there's still hope for the state of Virginia, but hey, hey, well, there's hope for now. I will say, this might be like Virginia's last best hope. <laughs> like, if if Yunkin does lose, I'm gonna kind of just stop paying attention to Virginia politics <laughs> from now on, you know, because it's like they have a great candidate in a time that is horrific for the Democrats. I mean, like the Democrat. I mean, they've been the Democrats have spent the last nine months just taking a buzzsaw to the constitution and the American economy. I mean, it's like, this is a horrible time polling wise for the Democrats. Like this is like, if, if the Republican party in Virginia is going to be relevant again, it's now. So it's like, yeah, it kind of feels like a now or never moment <laughs> or at least now or not again for another 15 years kind of moment for the, for the Republicans in Virginia. The other hope for Virginia is that instead of giving DC, DC statehood, they take Nova, DC, and Montgomery County and make it into one state. They're therefore turning Virginia red. Yeah, or just like break, make it all a part of like New Jersey or something. Yeah, break off Nova from Virginia, and then Virginia's good to go. I'd vote for I'd, that. Somebody needs to run on that platform. I'm down. So uh, another absurd comment by a Democrat. There's, a, I guess, the entire show today is just absurd comments from Democrats. But Jen Psaki. Uh, White House press secretary said that it is, quote, absurd and unfair that companies would charge more for products after the Democrats tax them to death. <laughs> I mean, like, Greg, dude, these people like when it with a lot of these people in the modern Democratic Party, I have a hard time telling which of them are, are like, you know, wicked and which and which ones are, are just dumber than a box of rocks, like whether they're lying or they're stupid. And like, I mean, AOC, for example, like I think she's just a dullard. You know, she just doesn't know anything. She might be perfectly nice as a human being. Like, I'm sure if you got a beer with AOC, you'd be fine, you know? But, like, I I don't know. I have to think Saki is just a stone-cold liar. Like, like, it's either that or she's so dull she doesn't understand even the basic fundamentals of economics. I mean, I, I have a hard time picking on press secretaries, even though it's even though they're easy targets, just because it is literally their job to lie on behalf of the president of the United States. Right. Like the, they have to, their job is to take the bad news of the day and somehow spin it into good news. Yes. They're and, literally propagandists. Like that that's, is their, that's, their that's job. That's like literally their job. And that's like, that's true when it, when it was Kaylee McEnany and it's true when it's Jen Psaki. Like it's, it's just their job. So like I, 
like obviously, obviously we should shit on her for saying dumb things, but like we should also keep in mind it is literally her job to say stupid shit to the press on behalf Fair. of the president in order to spin the bad news, the shitty things that they're doing for the country, which is why they're saying things like the a three point five trillion dollar infrastructure bill will cost zero dollars. <laughs> And it's like I saw there was a really great tweet from uh, Peter Hassan, my former colleague at the Daily Caller, who goes saying a three point five trillion dollar bill costs zero dollars because you plan to raise taxes is like saying your bar tab was zero dollars because you paid with your debit card instead of your credit card. (laughs) (laughs) I just what a bizarre. Yeah, the whole three point five trillion dollar spending package will cost like what? What a bizarre line that they ran. Like out of all the things. They could have ran with to try to sell that spending package to the American public. They went with like the dumbest possible route. It's like I just don't. I mean, I I understand that most Americans don't understand economics. I get that, but they understand like they they understand how to balance a checkbook. Like America, like Americans aren't that stupid. Like I, I can't believe that their strategy to sell the spending bill was just to insult the intelligence of everyone in the country. Yeah, I mean, like. It just—it's another example of the fact that the Democratic Party rely; their talking points rely on them thinking that their voters are dumber than they actually are, and unfortunately, they'll fall for it every single time. And so, like you know, they go before the country and they say these absolutely ridiculous things. Like another thing she said the other day is she said with a straight face, as like that we don't have open borders, as like ten thousand Haitians. Are, are literally living under a bridge in Del Rio, Texas. And it's like, they, like they, just, they, they just think, they think the American people are so stupid and they think like that their own voters are just so dumb. It's like, just goes to show what they think of you. Yeah, man. It's, it's, it really is insulting. And just a side note, I talked a lot about the border crisis on Monday show, so we don't need to get into it in detail. But like, just a, just a, a side note to the entire border crisis. Has anybody figured out how the heck 15,000 Haitians got there? Like, I, well, I don't know if you've looked at a globe lately, but, uh, I, you know, Haitians don't just show up in, in the tens of thousands in central Texas. Like, I don't, it, like how the heck did they get there in the first place? Well, like, they're is not. Anybody, they're... Is anybody covering this? Like, my goodness. Well, according to Julio, my roommate, Julio Rosas, who's been down there, they're not actually coming from Haiti to they're not traveling from Haiti to Texas. They're traveling to Central America. Like a lot of them have been living in Central America for like a, a number of years. And then they're all just caravanning up through Central America to the to the to the southern border into Del Rio. So they're not like, you know, journeying from from, you know, a point A to a point B. They're coming from all these different countries who all who also don't want them and are just you know, shipping them up to America. And because we're not a serious country, we're of course not, you know, doing anything about this. Unlike these other places. We, oh, yeah. these I mean, other places, it works. These other places it worked under- out for the Haitians. I mean, they were all released into the interior. There's something like yeah. 15,000 of them. Yeah. All the family units get released, which is like, you know, expecting that they'll show up for further court dates, which, you know, obviously they, they're not going to do, but because we're not a serious country, when, you know, thousands of people are in, are invading our country through the southern border. We we say yes, come, come, come in. You can you can be here. This is definitely this is definitely a sustainable policy with no that with no ulterior motives whatsoever. 
Like, no, you didn't consent. None of us consented to this. No. None of us consented to having these thousands of people come to our country and live in our and live in our towns. But if you say that, you get called a racist, of course. Yeah, of course. I mean, that's you know the only play they have. A, c- a couple more things I have to mention. It's been a it's been a bizarre week for the Democrats, man. Like I don't know, like I don't know if they see themselves, if they hear what they're saying, uh, or if they're just completely oblivious. But a couple bizarre moves from Democrats I like to briefly bring up. First, the governor of New York, uh, Kathy Hochul. Hochul, not quite sure how to pronounce that, uh, but it's all right. Um, she was speaking at some sort of church on Monday, I believe, and and said that God wants you to get vaccinated. And also, the most bizarre line was that she wants you to be her apostles, which is really creepy stuff. Really creepy stuff this week from the Dem- from the Democrats, man. Like they're getting more and more bizarre in their rhetoric, and invoking God here is is pretty disturbing. I'd say bordering bordering on evil. Um, I don't know if the governor believes in God or not, but I do know she should certainly knock off this behavior real quick. I mean, because. Yeah, man. I mean, this this can lead somebody through, you know, down a pretty dark path. I mean, I'm very impressed with her because she has, in less than a month, managed to make Cuomo more desirable by comparison. And that's that's pretty. That's like that's that that's pretty hard. That's pretty tough to do. Yeah, and Cuomo is a murderous rapist. Yeah, (laughs) and like you know, and like in addition to that, like she literally fired thousands of healthcare workers and nurses because they wouldn't get because. They wouldn't get the vaccine. And it's like, for your health, we're going to fire thousands of healthcare workers and replace them with National Guardsmen. Galaxy. You know, they, they went from they went from healthcare heroes to filing for unemployment in less than in, a, in a, just in a few months. And it's like. But yeah, like, you know, obvi- obviously, we knew that when when Cuomo went down that we wouldn't be getting anyone better in his place, but I didn't expect it to be this bad this quick. But New York's already a lost cause, so it doesn't really matter, um, except unless you live there, which, which I don't know, which you know, Florida's, uh, Florida's and Texas seem pretty uh, nicer places to live. Yeah, man, get out now. <laughs> Anybody yeah. still there? Get out now. But yeah, like Jesse Kelly always always talks about this on Twitter, but I, I think I think he's right. <laughs> like I, I I don't think Democrats would ever have held. I mean, they never held Cuomo accountable for you know murdering thousands of elderly people in nursing homes. But I don't think they'll hold any of their people accountable unless they have somebody even worse waiting in the wings. I, I think that's true. I think Jesse nailed it. I, I think they they like this lady. They know she's a a, a hard lefty, and I don't know. I I, I think <laughs> I think it was calculated, man. I, I don't think they they got rid of Cuomo out of the goodness of their hearts or some some kind of feeling of morality or, or anything like that. Well, yeah, because like you're right, because like if they did that, it would have been because of the nursing home scandal. And like Tucker right, Carl, right. and like Tucker Carlson took a lot of flack from people on the right for saying this, but he was 100 percent right, which is that like in the attorney general's report about Cuomo's quote unquote sexual misconduct, a lot of the claims were like insanely flimsy, and like yeah. you could tell that they were they were te- they they were teeing up for to to just get him out of office and replace him with somebody else, because like you know. Because the, the dirty little secret is that, like, Cuomo had become less desirable among Democrats in New York, too. Like, he had to fight off a primary the last from the lady from Sex in the City who primaried him to the left the last That's time. Right. They want, <laughs> like, they wanted to they wanted to get somebody who was a who was, you know, they wanted to get a more radical person in there. And that's what they did. And like, you know, if, and they obviously didn't out of the goodness of their hearts because they 
the, like it wasn't he didn't resign as a result of the nursing home scandal. They did it. He did it as a result of the AG's report on his quote unquote sexual misconduct, some of which were obviously true, but a lot of a lot of which were like incredibly questionable. Yeah, I and I, I definitely think we on the right should should be at the point if if any if anybody listening are isn't already, <laughs> but be at the point where if if Democrats are doing something they agree with, I, I take a good hard look at what the other hand's doing <laughs> behind their back, man, because I just think they're always going to have ulterior motives. Um, yeah. The, the last example of just bizarre behavior by Democrats this week is Stephen Colbert, the former comic, um, who. My gosh, like he's just a court jester for Joe Biden at this point. He did like this cringe dance thing with like human vaccine needles dancing around about how great vaccines are. And it was like legitimately the cringiest thing I've ever seen in my entire life. I mean, like these people have reduced themselves to performing embarrassing dance routines for the dementia ridden king. <laughs> Do these people like see themselves? Like imagine, imagine like you or I, behaving like this for any politician or political party. Yeah. Like gosh, man, like these people, like they've broken whatever mechanism is in their brains that make them feel embarrassment. Like oh my gosh, the cringe, yeah. man. Like, it, I I still have not watched that clip with volume on. Like it makes me too uncomfortable for Stephen Colbert. Yeah, I mean they're not late night comics. They're not comedians anymore. They're whores of the regime. They're they're clapping seals for the people in power. That's essentially what these people are. And like people forget, like people. I wasn't obviously alive for this, but people. I, I mean, oh, I was alive, but I'm too. I was too young to remember. People forget that there was a time when Stephen Colbert was actually funny, and when he was actually considered sort of like an anti-establishment type of guy who would like mock the neocons back when he did the Colbert Report. Yeah. And now he's just he he's just be. Like him and him and Seth Meyers and Fallon and Kimmel and the rest of them are just, you know, they're just whores for the regime. That's all they are. And like and and they're they're fine they found increasingly in cringe and embarrassing ways to show that, including the the dancing syringes. Gosh. It's like it's like no wonder how how could Colbert possibly losing to Greg Gutfeld show in the ratings with <laughs> with those with with performances like this, like those like that one. Dude, imagine still calling yourself a comedian if you're just a whore for the DNC and multinational corporations. <laughs> I mean, it's like, dude, come on, man. And like, just as a man, as a man, I it just it just bothers me. Like, I I would never, ever, knowingly embarrass myself for a politician or a political party. Like that that kind of thinking, that line of thinking, is just so foreign to me. Like, as a grown man, the worst thing you can do is do something super cringy. Like, I spend a lot of time trying to never embarrass myself. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like, as men, like, that's the word. Like, if we do something, and, like, we all do it from time to time. But I'm sure you feel this way, too. Like, as a man, when you do something cringe, it just ruins your entire day. Like, you're just like, I just want to, like, just go hide in my house and not talk to anybody. <laughs> you, know, you know what I mean? It's like... What a weird religion leftism is that grown men will willingly reduce themselves to whatever the heck we just saw from Stephen Colbert. Yeah, it's yeah, like like I've done cringe. I've certainly done cringe things before and I like, you know, 
I'm, I get so embarrassed by doing that sort of thing. I don't know how he could just, I don't I just don't know how a grown man can just dance with a bunch of human syringes <laughs> <laughs> and, and I, I just don't get it, man. I don't even know what to, I have no words for the, for something like that. Like is Stephen Colbert married? Probably is, right? I think so. Yeah. He's probably got a wife and kid. Like, dude, is, what does his wife think? Like, I don't know. Dude, and it's like just the, a shame because it's a shame because like the Colbert Report was like actually funny. Like back when he did yeah. the Colbert Report, he was actually kind of funny. Yeah, I mean he he got his start with uh what's his name? Who's the old? The, with John Stewart. John Stewart. Yeah. Daily and Show. and uh, Stephen Colbert, like it was his his like his like shtick was to like pretend to be Bill O'Reilly, you know, mm-hmm. like the the right winger yelling kind of guy, and he'd go on and like basically be like a caricature of the right and it was really funny and i remember and then he would like interview bill o'reilly too and they'd like do it back and forth through each other and it was like really funny yeah and now he's just a whore for joke for dude look if you're gonna be a whore for like a politician or something like bro joe biden he's like the least impressive he's got to be the least impressive president ever just as like a man you know what i mean yeah, like it's, it's just like a, such a unimpressive, elderly, dementia-ridden, like pathetic guy. Who's desired power his whole life. Yeah, and you're gonna be a whore for that? Like at least Obama was like kind of cool, you know? But like, wow. It just it hurts, man. It hurt. It, like it, 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 like I felt physical pain watching Stephen Colbert do that to him, to himself. Mm. Just as a man, I'm like, bro. I just like I wouldn't be able to like look my wife in the eye for like a month if I did something yeah. like that. And that's why like the be- the better comedy these days is coming from like, you know, the alternative sources, like people like from people like Tim Dillon, the people who will like make who literally still understand that comedy means making fun of the people in power no matter what side of the political aisle on not being not being the stenographer of of <laughs> the powerful. Yeah, man. Tim Dillon is hilarious by the way. He is very funny. He's come a long way. I mean, he's just generally hilarious. Like, he's come a long way from, like, I think I think <laughs> when I first, was the first time that we all kind of heard about him when he would, like, dress up as uh, Meghan McCain? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, man. Like, that was good. But, yeah, like, he makes fun of all sides and stuff. He's not, like, some yeah. right winger or whatever. No, he's not. No, he's not a right winger at all. And he's really, like, he's, I've talked to him a couple times. I, like, I first, like, followed him before he had like the following he does today like a couple years ago and like the, he, he's just really i've talked to him a couple of times and he's just like even like just in conversation with you he's like still just hilarious like he still just is like will just completely bust your balls like there was one time i was like i was talking to him about like uh because he's like because he, he follows me on twitter he follows logan my, my logan hall my other roommate on twitter he like likes us and he was like Tell the rest of the Charlottesville marchers I said hi before hanging up. <laughs> and I was like, oh, cool. It's just like, bro, if you're a comedian listening to this podcast, like I, I, I love comedy. My brother's a comic. I, I'm friends with a ton of comics. If, if you're a young comic, like just look around. Who do you want to be? <laughs> like who do you want to be? Do you want to be hilarious and actually speak truth to power actually take on the powerful with comedy like you're supposed to or do you want to be a giant pathetic whore 
man-child court jester for the state. It's like, come on. And I, there's so many comics, man, who are just lefties who are fine with it, that are fine being whores for the state. But it's like, dude, if you are serious about comedy, like if you, it's kind of a funny thing to say, serious about comedy. But like, if you're serious about like what a comic is, what a comic does, if you are serious about your job as a comedian, who do you want to be? The whore or the, <laughs> or the, or Norm McDonald? You know what I mean? Like you have two, ba- like you have, you're at a crossroads right now. You know, please choose wisely. Yep. Exactly. Greg, my brother, it's always a pleasure. Uh, hopefully we'll do this again soon. Where can everybody keep in touch? Um, so yeah, Greg underscore price 11 on Twitter. I am no longer working at the daily caller, but you should still subscribe to the daily caller because it's a great source of news. Um, but yeah, we, uh, I'm working, we're working for this new company. Now we do, we, we do digit, we were doing digital stuff and advising a lot of candidates in 2022 and a lot of super PACs that are supporting a lot of candidates. So we're going to, you know, we got, we're going to, we're getting the ball rolling. It's not quite campaign season yet but when 2022 hits we're going to hit the ground running and take back the majority you're officially a uh one of those evil dark money political operatives my friend congratulations <laughs> one of those one of those dirty dc consultants yep yep, yep. <laughs> absolutely <laughs> everybody follow greg he's great that's all i got for today i'm brady leonard i'll be back on monday no gimmicks um, um, um.